0: Good evening. Good to be at the Lord's house. Good, good to have the opportunity to come and and uh, stand with in, with God's word and in God's house. Uh, I told <laughs> I told Daddy I said you know the past several years I've been able to preach on Sunday night at camp meeting and that way we know we ain't got nowhere to go but up and because uh, I I know what I am and I ain't nothing I ain't worth the dirt God made me out of but I am. Certainly thankful that we can come and preach God's word. And Brother Chris, ain't nothing wrong with being second favorite, right? I, I, you know, top five seems to be pretty good for me. His second favorite, Hewitt. That's not a bad. That's not a bad. <laughs> if he knew, if he only knew him, my huh, brother? Uh, but we are glad that we can come and, and be in, in God's house. I was in a meeting a couple weeks ago, and, I, and I, I'm not an evangelist. I have done realize what. I've realized that, but it is fun to get to preach. Brother Joe got to come with me about every night up there, at the little church at Peace Ridge, and uh, I, 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 I'm a whole lot more comfortable preaching to my folks. Uh, but I do, I do take take I, I do take it so serious, and, and, and I'm so thankful that we get to preach to y'all tonight, and I'll just get to give you what what God put on our hearts. Uh, I'll give you a quick update. Sunday we're a regular Sunday night church, so that's the way I look at it. But you know, y'all's church. Is what planted our church. And so I think y'all need an update every once and again. Now, I, I work with half of you in here, right? Four of you. Where's Connor? at? Almost five of you, right? And uh, so so uh, y'all, y'all hear it, but man, God has been better than good at Sure Anchor Baptist Church. And uh, we are, we are in desperate need of more space already. And that's that's <laughs> it's just amazing. Uh, we're, we've got a, we've got God's give us 19 and a half acres, a 10,000 square foot building, a little outhouse building that we will we'll talk about later if you want to know some funny stories about that. Uh, we tried to sleep in it last Saturday night before sunrise service. That wasn't a good idea. Anyhow, there's mice's up in there, ain't there, maze? Yeah, they get a, He found every one of them. The mice got all over him. So. Uh, <laughs> But God has blessed. Last Sunday we baptized five. Uh, had four more move their membership. Good, solid people. Brother Josh, and Miss Caitlin Bennett, you know, solid workers. God's just been, I think this morning it was 120, 125 people in the middle of the sticks in Summerall, Mississippi. And so we're Lord willing about to be moving out our little fellowship hall part into our sanctuary like y'all have got. And uh, just a couple things lacking. That's me getting up there and doing the air conditioning. Well, us uh, getting up there and doing the air condition, Brother Will and Chico, all right. And uh, brother Mark, and, and uh, all that being said and done, no debt, not owe a dime. And man, I don't know what this economy is going to do, but it ain't looking real good with this inflation running so hot. But no debt, so they can't take away what we got. And uh, that, that's all a result of y'all one Sunday night four years ago, sitting here and talking to some of the men that we had. Thirteen, remember, thirteen of us, thirteen of us. Got there and, 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 and uh, it's just unbelievable. I, I just stand amazed. I preach to a bunch of folks that I don't even know some of their names, but they keep coming. I don't know where they're coming from. They're crawling out of stump holes, and it's God. I'm not bragging on me because if, it'd probably be a whole lot better if there's somebody there other than me. It's just God, and man, I thank I thank y'all. Y'all don't forget to pray for us. Y'all have been a blessing to us at North Spoon Baptist Church, and uh. Every, I don't know exactly how judgment works, there's been all kinds of theories and speculations, I don't have a clue, but every person that we're able to touch with the gospel is just like investing in, in, in a missionary, Get to, get to in, in, y'all have invested, and, uh, man it's just a blessing, look forward for what, oh, Brother Philip. look forward for what y'all, I mean it, it works, the Bible way works, it works when it's done right, and uh, I just thank y'all so much for the, for the privilege, the opportunity, and for always feeling like home. Uh, Always feeling like home, even with Brother John here. Amen, right? Right, right. (laughs) That's why I say, you can't go everywhere and pick like that. Nowhere in the Bible say, Thou shalt not smile or laugh. I've been to places, I believe that was in their church covenant. But uh, nowhere does it say that, right? You have your Bibles, Matthew 13. I've done preach twice today, uh, pray for our voice, that it'll it'll hang on and uh, hang out. We've got a simple thought. Preacher, give us something new and (coughs) profound where the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun... But I do want to give you something fresh that that we've that we've we've been reading and studying from. Matthew chapter number thirteen is a book full of is a chapter full of parables. And man, y'all know parables can get kind of tricky if you ain't careful. I don't want to get out of context, but I do want to take and give you what God give me. The first parable is the parable of the sower. We don't want to cover that. We know that parable. You know, not that not that it doesn't need to be looked at anymore. Then the parable of the wheat and the tares. We we know that one, the speculation on that one, and what Jesus told us, and and, and right there after the, the 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 uh the explanation of the wheat and the tares, the Lord gives really three little short parables there at the very end of his teaching, and I want to look at two of them that are a whole lot alike. And if you want to stand for the reading of God's word, we're gonna begin we're gonna to begin to read with verse number forty four, uh, Matthew chapter number thirteen, verse number thir- uh verse number forty four. <laughs> Here's what the Word of God says. but Jesus said Read words here in my Bible. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had, and bought it let's bow in prayer before we continue on my father lord as we come before you this evening lord i have no ability within me father there ain't nothing within me god that can say anything god that could help or or can enlighten or could give any type of insight to to, to us your people god certainly if anything good happens lord we'll have to back up get out of your way and realize that it comes straight from you now god i don't I, i certainly first and foremost don't want to be a hindrance to you tonight father the movement of your holy spirit i I don't want to be in your way, Father, and I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that we can be obedient to you in everything that we say, every, every, every word that comes out of our mouth, God, we can be very mindful of, God. We pray, Lord, it comes direct from you. God, we ask you, Lord, to be with the, the, the ears of the hearer, God. Help us all, Lord, to open our, our hearts and our minds to your precious word, God, speak to us as your people. God, remind us, remind us, Father, what, what, what a great price you paid for us, Lord, as we've done heard and sing, Lord, it's so good that whosoever still means me, God. Lord, you still love just a rotten sinner such as I. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you could be with those maybe here tonight, Lord, that's never put their faith in you, some of these young people that have never trusted you. Uh, God, could you be with those that are backslidden? Can you be with those, God, that may have never, never sold out for Christ, Father? Uh, and we just ask of you, Lord, to, to, to correct even in the hearts of every one of us, God, maybe the little things that be amiss that keep us from serving you to the greatest capacity that we can. And God, help us to back up. Give you all praise, honor, and glory. Thank you, Lord, for what you will do tonight. Thank you for your precious word that won't return void. We ask all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. There's a lot of speculation. And I could go to some of you theologians and get a whole lot more insight on this. Brother Joe, I can come down here and get all your notes, right? You and Brother Philip could probably help me with this a whole lot more than than, than I can. There's a whole lot of speculations about the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, and I've heard all these things. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it makes my mind spin... Uh, I got to remember that this book was wrote by fishermen, right? God used these. Uh, they, they just pinned words down, and I just wonder if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually understood some of the things they was they was pinning down as they pinned these words down. But we find two parables that are separate, but but they they they, they have the same they have the same meaning. Uh, both of them, and let's 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 back this up. Real quick. Both of them ha- have a man searching for something, right? You will realize this that everybody in here is searching for something. Every person in humanity is searching for something. Uh, I, this morning you woke up, and if you didn't have nothing to live for, it wouldn't be much of a living, would it? Which it wouldn't be much of an existence. I, there's people that you go to, and just, they just don't, they, they don't live. They just barely exist. And that's a terrible way of living, ain't it? But both these men are searching. We find first in verse 44 there was a man searching for treasure. Man, treasure hunting, that's kind of neat, ain't it? If I knew if I could dig up gold and silver and, and, and gold and, and, and rubies and gems... Man, if we thought that was under our feet, we'd all have a pitchfork and a, or, or a, a pickaxe and a shovel trying to find something hid. So one was searching in the field for, for, for buried treasure. The second man was a man that evidently had a little bit of money because the Bible called him a merchant man. And this merchant man, he went from, from, from flea market to flea market. From, from, uh, from pawn shop to pawn shop, from marketplace to marketplace, and he was looking for goodly pearls. And perhaps he had a buyer that would buy these goodly pearls. I don't know, I'm just doing some speculating in my head. Perhaps there was somebody that sent him to find these things. But we find that every first and foremost that both of these men are searching. Everybody is searching. In this world, why is there so much drugs and, and, and alcoholism and perverseness and all this type thing? It's because mankind is searching. Before I knew Christ Jesus, I was searching. Before I knew Him, I was, what was you searching for? I was searching for peace that I could not find. I would try to ignore the preaching of God's Word. I'd sit there and I'd, I'd try to think about other things. Some of you young people may sit here and be raised in church and you're trying your best to not remember what the preacher says. You're trying to look around and wonder who else he's talking to. Hey, you're preaching to the choir because I know exactly all about that. I was searching for some way to get God off of me. Not realizing that God was trying to get my attention so that he could save me. Everybody has a need for God whether or not they realize it or not. Amen. Pretty simple, right? Just follow along here. We'll go a little bit farther. Not only do we find a man searching, but we find both of these men finding. Both of these men finding. The Word of God said in verse 44, uh, The one man found a treasure hid in a field, and the second man, he found one pearl of great price. I want I to... Type this, and like I said, don't, don't, Brother Joe, don't jump on my case about being out of context, right? Uh, I want to type this as when we found We were searching for something, right? Brother Mark, was you searching for something before you come to Christ? Before Christ come to you, I'd rather say. We were all looking for some way of getting fulfillment. But man, what great joy it is when we find what we've been looking for. Listen, friend, I didn't even know what I was looking for when I found it. I didn't, listen, when I got born again, I was looking for fire insurance. I'll be honest with you. people. Some people, they, they say other things. Brother Joe, all I knew is that I needed Christ Jesus. And oh, what joy when a believer, when a person finds Christ Jesus. What great things it is. Matter of fact, I'll say this. I've, heard, I've, I've said this before, and, and this, is, this is honest truth. Be careful when you're testifying, giving your testimony about what you felt and all these type things that are extra biblical because I didn't get what I thought I was supposed to get. I didn't, but what I did get was the absence of burden, right? What I did get, because I looked up a few minutes later, Brother Joe said, did I really get saved? I don't hear angels singing and bells are flopping. I don't hear all this stuff, but what I do know is that whenever I found Christ, there was peace within me. I can remember telling my daddy as he come and got me on my way home, I said, Daddy, I didn't feel I could go another step without knowing Jesus. What great joy it is for the believer to find, for a sinner to find the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that He's missing, but what great thing it is that we find Christ, that we know Him, that He come and found us. The gospel brought me to Christ. Christ brings me to salvation. And what great joy! Amen. Here's the sad fact: is it oftentimes it happened with me? It probably happened with you. Oftentimes that joy starts to wear off. That joy starts to wear off. I, I don't know why. Just the callousness and cares of this world, and I I, I I can't lie to you and tell you I was one of those people that got saved when I was 14 years old and jumped right into the ministry and began to do things for God because I didn't. I didn't. Now I didn't do I didn't do nothing bad, but I didn't do nothing good either. God took the cussing out of my mouth. He took those those nasty things that I thought away from my head. He took he even took friends away from me. But I didn't. I didn't do a whole lot of good listen I thought that being a good Christian was sitting on the first pew I led singing I played music I'd done all these things and I thought listen I'll, I will just we'll work till Jesus come we'll sing it but we don't really mean it Why was that? Because there was no joy. Now, the day that I got born again, I turned around at school and began to tell my friends that I just got saved. I got saved at the schoolhouse. I got saved at second period English class. And I turned around and said, hey, I just got saved. Uh, I I turned to a girl and said, why are you crying? I said, I don't know. I just got saved. Went and told a buddy. There was great joy. I wanted people to know. I called my grandmother for the days of cell phones. And I I said, I'm just going to tell her I'm sick to come get me, Brother John. And I got there and said, Nanny? She said, yes, son, what's wrong? And I wanted to just tell her, come get me and I'll explain it to you later. But I said, I got saved. What, son? I got saved. Come get me. She said, are you sick? If you going to call it sick, I got born again, right? There was great joy, but that joy wears off. Sadly. Sadly. Am I the, y'all, did it happen, happen to a lot of us? It happens to a lot of us. We're, 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 we're so happy knowing the Lord that we get satisfied only knowing Him. Make sense? We get satisfied only knowing Him. Leads us to the third part of this, and I want to turn this around in just a minute. We find a man searching and and realizing he was missing something. We find a man finding, and with great joy, these men found what they were looking for. And then thirdly, we find both these men selling all that they had. All that they had. So they could not have it, per se, but they could enjoy it. They knew where it was. They had found it. They didn't receive the joy. Now, like I said, don't, don't take me and say, Brother Seth, you're just all out of context. When this man realized, when these men realized what they found, they realized it was worth everything they had. When they realized what they had found, they said, this is worth all that I've got. They may, that man, Brother Joe, may have had a dozen more big pearls there, but it wasn't nothing like the pearl that he had. This man may have had all kinds of gold. This other fella may have been a treasure hunter and may have had treasure, but he realized this treasure was not worth the treasure that he had. What he now, has, what he now knew about was so much greater. Friend, there are things that I dearly love in this life. I love baseball. I love baseball probably too much. I love coonhounds. I love them probably too much, right? I, I, I love my family. And there's times we can put our family away above the things of God. But whenever we, the day that I realized He is really all that matters was about four years after I got born again. And that's the day that I crawled up to an altar and said, Lord, here is what I've got. It ain't a whole lot. I ain't a whole lot of nothing. But that's the day we sell out and say, here it is, God. Lord, whatever it is you'd have me do. I find there's a lot of people who volunteer for God. But they don't volunteer for what position God wants. They volunteer for the position they want. Yeah. Listen, when I, and I am not bragging on me. God in heaven knows I was so broken down, Brother Mark, and, and beat down, and the the cares of the world that done got me, I felt like I slithered to an altar I said, God, if you want me to be a a, a uh if you want me to, be, to to clean the bathrooms, clean the toilets, and I remember praying this and being sincere. God, I want to do the best that I can for you. Why was that? Because what I had was better than anything else this world could ever give me. Not not complicated. Both of these men sold all they had because they realized that Jesus was. Wor- they realized that pearl was worth it all. Let me ask you this, friend. Let me ask you this, believer: Is Jesus worth it all? It's simple, and we all know this answer. Let me back it up and preach to me as much as I am. Into you. Do, even though we know he's worth it all, do we treat him like he's worth it all? Even though, have we, have we sold everything we possess? I'm not, I'm not talking about literally, but have we sold out our, our, our whole existence as a my existence? All that matters about my existence is Christ and that, those, that others may know Him. Have we really done that? Have we really sold all that we had? Because He really is all that matters. Ten billion years from now, if there, time, time won't exist by then, but ten billion years from now, Brother John, He'll still be all that matters. Ten billion years from now, he'll be the only thing that that remotely has any, 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 any essence to it. He's all. So we sold all for him. Real quick, you say, preacher, you done already? No, I want to turn this around real quick and preach this another way. Because I read this this way, Brother Joe. I first read it and I wrote a few lines down about it. I mean, it's not a real good outline. And I wrote it from my point of view. Then I backed up, Brother John, and I looked at this from the Lord's point of view. So let's look at this same scripture from God's point of view, and I think this will make these three points make a whole lot better sense to me and you. Uh, It did me. We find first and foremost, if you want to take these and put as God searching, God searching, God looking, we find that we find the Lord was longing ever since Eden to have a personal, close relationship with His people. Why, man? You ever ask yourself that question, why man, why earth, why all these things, why does God care about us? You ever I, I, maybe I'm thinking too deep and too analytical, why us? And, and why, why would God care about me? Well, from the very beginning, God had one goal for mankind, and that goal was plainly stated in the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. He come down every day, brother Chris, and he just wanted to hold Adam and Eve's hand. All he wanted to do was hold their hand, walk back and forth with them, just have communion with them, just enjoy maybe lunch with them. Just to just to, listen, and they could see God and he could see them. It was just a great, perfect existence. Listen, that's the whole Bible story. God wants that same relationship all over again. He just wanted to hold their hand, but one day sin entered. When Paul said the, the law one day the law revives uh, the sin revived and I died. And that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. And immediately, it wasn't God's fault, it was man's fault. Immediately, there was a tie that was severed between God and man. And God couldn't do what He so longed to do, Brother Philip, and that was come down and take Adam and Eve in his arms and just walk across the garden. They had to be kicked out of the paradise of God. And even though God was longing so greatly for that, He could not break His own holiness to come and have anything to do with unholy mankind. This all has to do with the nature of God. God was longing. He was looking. He was searching. He was trying to find. But man was separated from God and man can never, ever, ever rebuild that that, that relationship again. Man can't do it. God looked for one thing, Brother Joe. He He looked for friends who have free will. The angels, they kind of programmed. I know they can sin and fall. But they, 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 when they were created, they knew what their job was to do. And that was just praise Him, honor Him, serve Him. So God said, I want one friend with free will to choose to love me. If you force somebody to love you, that ain't love. It's duty. The believer can love. We find the Lord was longing for that. man. That's what the whole book that's what the whole Bible's about. That's the whole, if you want to know the the, the real quick clip notes, that's what the Bible's about. God wants to have communion with mankind. Mankind messed it up. And God, listen, the good news is God will get it. Amen? At the the end of the book, God's sitting there and He's in the middle of their people and He's walking through, through the New Jerusalem. He's right there hand in hand with His people. He's sitting at His throne there enjoying sweet fellowship. But we find the Lord was longing. And then we find, secondly, the Lord looking. He was also in the field. He was also in the market. And He found exactly what He was looking for can you imagine this brother Troy that what God was looking to make him happy it looks like me and you <laughs> what God was looking for to make him happy and fulfill the longings of God. We think of God sometimes as a a cosmic killjoy. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But what he wants is me and you. And whenever he found us, brother Philip, when he found us, brother Mike, he was so happy in that he found us. Even though he created us and made us, he found us and realized what we were worth, which was nothing. And he had such a great joy. (laughs) what a great joy what rejoicing whenever he knew that he wanted me you ever had something wanted something so bad you could taste it maybe a truck maybe sin (laughs) it may be it may be it it may be a a, a coon dog that you ain't supposed to have it may be a firearm I don't know what you ladies ever lust after but y'all pray for us because we'll lust after these things right (laughs) but when the Lord found us he could just about taste but here's a problem we didn't belong to Him. This whole garbage of everybody's a child of God, that's nowhere in my Bible. Matter of fact, Jesus told me and told, told, told those Pharisees, they do the works of their father, the devil. And, and friend, here's the problem. God is sovereign and holy. He could not break His sovereign and holiness to come and commune with mankind while mankind was in sin. He couldn't do it. And so likewise God's sovereign and holy, when God found me in the dirt that he made me in, even though he formed me, Papa, I did not belong to him when I come from my mother. I didn't belong to him. I wasn't his. I belong to my father the devil. If you're here and here unsaved, unregenerated, you're not a child of God. You belong to Satan. So we find the father, the, 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 the Lord who made everything, was longing for something. He was looking for something. But here's the good part of the story. Here's what happened. He was loving also. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and listen to this friend he realized that he could not cross and break his own sovereign holiness he realized that thou shalt not steal he realized that there was nothing he could do to enter enemy territory and get me unless he bought the territory that I was in Amen. unless he come there and bought it so what he done was he realized the great, the great desire he had for me the land ain't worth much what's in there ain't worth much it ain't nothing but dirt it ain't nothing but mud but God said I'm going to give what I've got so that I can get it, so that I can redeem it unto myself. Listen to me, friend. When I like to buy things, I like to piddle and and bargain with people. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to lowball. Amen? If you ever want to sell me something, that first offer, don't take it. I'll give you another one, right? I'm a lowball. But God, when Brother Philip, when he come here, he never lowballed. God, if he desired to, could give not one more penny for me than what he gave. He can right now double the universe. He can make it twice as big. Right now, he can take and make the world twice as big. He can make twice as many people. He can, make, he, he can do whatever he wants, but he can never give any more for me than what he has already gave. Here's the good news. He just didn't buy me in the field. He bought the field. That whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. That's what he done. That's why the old songwriter said, Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. That he is mine and I'm his forever. He bought me. He loved me. He sought, his old victory in Jesus, said he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. What a great God we have that he gave Everything. He sold it all. He didn't lowball. He so loved me that he gave give everything that He possibly could. There was nothing left on the table. There was no ace in the hole. There wasn't nothing in His back pocket. The plan of God's redemption was totally and holy in giving His only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, He can't give no more for you. The old hymn said, What more can He say than to you He has said to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. What more could He do? What more could He do? For those who are here and have never been born again, He can't do nothing else for you. Right. He can give not a penny more for you. Well, if God would show me He cares, how can He show me? How can He show you any more? He cares. There's nothing else. He's done moved all of heaven and earth and give all that heaven had to offer so that you can be born again. When Christ cried, it's finished in John 19. He meant T totally, 100%. There ain't nothing else that's got to be added. Nothing else got to be done. Nothing else has got to be kept. It is done. Preacher, you believe that, friend? I'm basing my whole eternal existence on that. Listen, I'm not even trusting in the day I got saved. I'm trusting in the Savior of Calvary. What Christ did, in Him being enough, He can do nothing else for you. What more? Old Thomas said there, if I could just see his hands touch his feet. Jesus kind of scolded Thomas said, Thomas, blessed are you because you've seen, but blessed are they who have not seen. I've never seen my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but I know without a doubt he's real. <laughs> I know without a doubt that he died for my sins and he rose the third day. And the Bible said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt, shalt, shalt be saved. He can give no more for you. Let's turn this around to the very beginning and we're done. As a believer, we like that. That's good stuff. Ooh, I like it. I'd amen myself if I was sitting there. That's good. It ain't because it's my preaching. It's because that's good. Simple truth that God give all that He had. Being that a God, give that for me. Brother Joe, being that a Savior cared enough for me and you, raised back here in the sticks of South Mississippi, that He cared enough for me and you that He'd give all that He had. That he put a church right around our corner. Amen. That he put somebody to stand and preach the gospel to us. That he put somebody to give us unadulterated the precious word of God. And that he'd save us just like he said he would in his word. He didn't dangle it above us and said, jump this high. Jump this high. But he gave it because it's already done. How much more? How much more should I sell all I got? Take up my cross and follow him. That pearl of great price being Christ Jesus is so worth it. It's worth it. When you turn that story around, is God looking at me as a pearl of great price. It ain't. But oh, thank God it is. Amen. Thank God it ain't. It's too good to be true, preacher. Yeah, it is, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. It is too good to be true, but it is, friend. Amen. He went. He sold it all. He left all heaven had to offer to come and give me and you everlasting life. Amen. He came and condemned sin in the flesh. He who knew no sin, the scripture said, so that I could be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, and what a great transaction took place as Christ took my sin, and I took his righteousness. Such a simple truth, but oh my goodness, I don't get it. (laughs) See, Brother Mark, I know me. I know what I fight with in my old stinking head. I know what I fight with in my old stinking flesh. I know what I am, and I ain't worth it. I ain't worth it. For the life of me, God got a bad deal. The very least I can do is sell it all out. Say, here I am. Whatever little bit of mess you can get out of me, Lord. Whatever your your big investment can get out of maybe a few little dividends from my end. Lord, help me to sell all. With joy, dig up the field. And possess, God, what you gave me. Ain't you glad he gave it all? The question is, have we? Maybe you're here today, friend, and never been born again. Would you please? I, the call's not come to the altar. The call's not come to the preacher. The call's come to Christ. <laughs> come to Christ. Come to Christ. The gospel's such a way that you can believe right there at your seat. Amen. It ain't no process. It's done. It's done. It's done. Nothing else. Nothing else is needed. Thank God that on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Today, friend, as a, as a believer, is it all on the altar? you Now pray for me. There's days I put it on the altar and I pick it right back up. I do, but he's worth it all. Is he not? Praise be to Jesus Christ that he is worth it all. God bless you.